everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Comics Corner. I am Casey. This is Christy. Uh, Hi. We are going to be talking about a bunch of things uh, today. Uh, apologies for not having last week, uh, but uh, between technical issues and Texas going insane, uh, <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got a bunch of things to talk about today. Uh, we are going to be covering WandaVision episodes six and seven. Uh, we got a bunch of DC news. We've got a brand new Justice League trailer. There's there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, so super pumped. Uh, shall we dive right into the news, Krista? Uh, yes. Let's dive into the news. Do you want to start with DC or Marvel news? Uh, let's go DC. We did Marvel last week. So the first thing up for DC News is we have um, the very first Latina Supergirl. Her name is Sasha Calle. I think I'm pronouncing correctly. And um, she is from The Young and the Restless. So we are very excited to see a new Supergirl cast. Um, She's going to be in the Flash movie, which is... um, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Yes. So that that is great. We've only got casting news. We don't have any kind of like trailers for that yet, obviously, because um, they're going to have to start production. But that is super exciting. And if you got to see it, um, they had a clip of her actually receiving the news that she was going to be playing Supergirl, which was very adorable. Um, she looked really enthusiastic. And I, I really like this because... Um, I like people who are fans of comics playing in comic book movies. I like people who are fans of the characters they're playing. And you could tell that she really is. Well, that's always helpful, especially when you have someone that actually knows what it is that they're doing. Uh, Yeah. So that's always nice. Uh, Yeah. It's not just a job for them. It's like a childhood dream being fulfilled. Yeah. Well, and... There was, there's been a clip that's been surfacing uh, recently of Elizabeth Olsen from Ultra, Age of Ultron, where mm-hmm. they were asking her, like, what storyline you would like to do? And there, she's like, I'd love to do House of M, but Marvel will never do it. Well, lo and behold, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Sometimes dreams come true. Exactly. Okay, so some more DC news. Um, We also got a trailer for an upcoming DC show that's going to take place on the CW, and that is Superman and Lois. Um, So Superman has been in the... Well, with DC, you've got the DC Extended Universe, which is the movies. And then you have what's called Arrowverse, which is the TV shows. So those don't typically cross over. Where the twist is, is um, Arrowverse has a crossover event every year. And in the most recent one, it was called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they actually pulled in characters from the 60s Batman TV show. They had um, Burt Ward Mm -hmm. show up, which was hilarious. They had Will Wheaton as a cameo. Um, they actually pulled in different versions of Superman. So they had Tom Welling from, um, from Smallville. Yeah. He played one of the versions of Superman. They had, uh, Brandon Routh, Ruth, I'm not sure how to say his last name, who is actually on one of the shows. He's on Legends of Tomorrow, but he played Superman in a movie. He played Superman again. 
So it was it was really fun to see some of those little Easter eggs for the fans. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that they did in this event was they created kind of a backstory for the Superman and Lois show. Gotcha. So that took place. Superman and Lois had been living in Argo, which was um, the capital city of Krypton, kind of floating through space, weirdly. And they they moved there so that Lois could safely have a child. Because uh-huh. a super baby can't just get, get pregnant anywhere. Um, and this is their, their child, Jonathan. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So in Crisis, they actually sent him ahead of themselves to make sure that he was safe. Mm-hmm. They escaped Argo's destruction, so they're not dead. But at the very end, there's just a little tease where Clark is called home to deal with their sons. Gotcha. And you're like, wait, he only has one kid. Yeah. So suddenly he has two. I think it was probably because of um, the way that they kind of reworked the universe. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what Superman and Lois is giving us. So now we're flashing forward into the future they have twin boys who are in their teens. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so it's obviously we've got like a gap of time and I'm loving that because I thought, okay, you know, they have a baby. We're going to maybe have a toddler running around. That's not very exciting. But as soon as the Superman and Lois trailer dropped, the kids are teens. Mm-hmm. Superman and Lois have been saving the world all this time. They're dealing with teenage sons, which is always fun and challenging. But now we have the potential one or both of these boys could become Superboy, could get powers of their own. So we we're dealing with kind of the Arrowverse version of Superman, but maybe we're also getting some Smallville discovering powers kind of storylines. It actually gives them a lot more opportunity to storytell. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to see where that goes. It's actually one of the, the CW shows I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. And that's going to start this week? Yeah, Monday. First episode's supposed to drop. Yeah, I believe the 23rd, which is... 23rd should be Tuesday, Tuesday. I think. Eh, Monday, Tuesday. Whatever, (laughs) this week. Sometime this week. By the time you hear this, it will probably have already dropped. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I will make lots of spoiler warnings next week when I start excitingly telling you about the show that I've seen. It'll be great. Hey. I'm all for it. Um, it does, you know, I liked Smallville when it first came out. Uh, the Arrowverse mm-hmm. has been really hit and miss for me. Uh, so I am super pumped for this show. It looks really good. Um, yeah. The one thing I hope that they kind of go the Smallville direction that they did with Lois in this one, because I think that was the best incan- iteration of Lois that we've seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like the Amy Adams version, kind of. Wasn't a huge fan of the original, um, but for sure the Smallville one, like, was the best for me. And I actually really like Smallville, although I wish they had done a little bit more with him actually being Superman and just not the blur. <laughs> yeah. That was very much, like, they finally tossed you, after, like, ten years of Smallville, they finally tossed the fan base a bone and gave him like a minute and a half in the suit. And then the series was over. <laughs> it was just, 
and I understand the reasons behind it. They wanted to tell like an origin story. They wanted him to have a human side. Like I get all that, but I, I definitely, I like exactly where this series fits for me. Mm -hmm. I was a fan of Lois and Clark back in the nineties. Um, I never really watched like the Christopher Reeve kind of movies. I was a little bit too young for those, but I've gone back and seen, seen all of that stuff now. Um, I loved Smallville. I, 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 I think I started watching it probably in college. I, there were already a few seasons out when I started watching it. Um, but obviously huge crush on Tom Welling. He was fantastic. Like you couldn't not, um, and even the way that they went about the stories, I can I can understand that. But this seems like the best of both of those worlds. Yeah. You get Superman being Superman. You get the action, the excitement, the all of the bad guys that you're hoping for. And then you've also got teenagers, and you've got family, and you've got home life, and you've got all of those humanizing stories that they wanted to tell. I think this is going to be the perfect mix of both. Yeah, I, I'm super pumped. Uh, you know, I, I hope that they are thoughtful in the way that they progress, but they're not, you know, kind of dotting along at a super slow pace. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be good. Uh, I am super excited. Actually, it's on my Netflix list to go back and watch the rest of the Arrowverse because I've seen... Mm-hmm. I've seen Arrow up until, I think, the last season. I've seen most of The Flash, except for the last two seasons. Uh, I lost interest in Legends of Tomorrow very quickly. Uh, yeah. Honestly, that is what you're going to want to watch first. The most recent season of Legends of Tomorrow is my favorite thing in the Arrowverse. It gets very campy and fun. Um, lots of costumes and fun stories. Nice. I, I, I will enjoy say it. My, my favorite episode of uh, Legends was the one where, uh, what's his name? The time cop was stuck in like LA in the 70s. And <laughs> yeah. everything they did was like the basis for Star Wars, apparently. And it was just, yes, I remember that one. It was adorable and ridiculous, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, that was very cute. Um, yeah, it it feels like with the with the CW shows, there can be hit and miss. They're definitely created for a specific audience, and there's not a lot of wiggle room with that. Gotcha. Like Arrowverse, Arrow has its own vibe. Oh yeah, it's gritty. <laughs> it's dark. It's what. I, and then you've got the Flash, and Flash is like bright and optimistic and bubbly. And then Legends of Tomorrow is silly and fun, and like they all have a very different aesthetic, and that's fun. Um, actually, my favorite thing with the Arrowverse is when they do the crossover events, yeah. especially seeing one character in the style of one of the other worlds or one of the other shows. Yeah, I really enjoy the storytelling that they do with that. And so I have watched all of them. Um, I I do still have to go back and watch Black Lightning. I've got like three more episodes of Punisher and then Black Lightning is next on my list. And then I will be 100% caught up. Nice. But um, yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about later is I want to talk about Batwoman, Mm -hmm. which is one of the CW shows. 
what I have noticed with, with a lot of these is it takes them a while to find what they want the voice of that series to be. Yeah. And once they do, they lean hard into it. So Arrow, okay, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be his vengeance on the world. It's going to be this. Once they got past the, like, we have to have flashbacks all the time so you know who this character is, they lean really hard into what they want that to be. Yeah. Same thing happened with Legends of Tomorrow. They did, okay, well, we're going to travel through time. We're going to have adventures. Maybe we're going to have this, like, series-long arc. They've finally settled on a more episodic, goofy, what hijinks will happen next kind of thing. And I think they're better for it. Yeah. You know, and I think, honestly, when Legends started, they tried too hard to be very Doctor Who-esque. Yeah, I mean, yeah. E- even going so far as to get Arthur Darville, which I love him. Which, He's fantastic. Okay, I love him. Same. Got it. But I started watching because of him. Yep. Exactly. I probably would have watched it anyway, but still. Yeah. So I think once they kind of settled into their own thing, it didn't make them better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lots of fun. That show will be super awesome. Uh, it'll. I have my DVR set. <laughs> So Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it on the CW app. Nice. So I'll see it the next day. Hey, hey. That, that <laughs> works because I won't watch it till I get home and it'll be like 2 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> yep. And if you want to see us in real time talking about this episode, check out our Discord for the spoilers chat. Nice, <laughs> nice segue. Bravo. So. <laughs> Bravo. Oh, it's the small things in life. Yep. Uh, so, in other exciting DC TV, or, well, TV and film news, we got the Justice League trailer, the Snyder Cut. Yes. Oh, my God. I gotta say, I, I, I th- am sure that I have seen Justice League. I did not remember what the movie was. Like, it, it's, it's I've bad. seen parts of it several times. Yeah. This trailer, I was like, I don't, I don't think I've seen this movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. So I've seen Justice League, it, but not this. It's very um, different than what mm-hmm. the Joss Whedon version is. And if y'all don't know anything about how guilds work and all of that, so for um, Snyder to still have the directed by credit. Joss Whedon had to only change less than 20% of the overall movie. So you can do it one of two ways. You can either change 20% of a scene. So, for example, if someone walks in stage left, now they walk in stage right. Uh, Or you can change 20% of the overall film. Mm -hmm. And that's where we got things like the stupid juvenile humor the flash landing on Wonder Woman crap, you know, all these things that were stupid and dumb and didn't work for the vibe of the film originally. Yeah. This is very much darker. We get the black suited Superman. Um, You know, we get to see all of those moments. I know they've gone back and filmed at least 30 to 40 minutes of reshoots. Um, I don't remember what the... uh, actual number is uh, da, 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 da. 
Extra footage. Okay, so I was not quite right. Uh, <laughs> the Snyder Cut has two and a half hours of brand new footage that we've never seen. That's awesome. That's an entirely different movie. It is an entirely different movie. No, I know that they filmed an extra, I think, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a big chunk of that that they originally filmed that Josh Whedon just didn't use. Uh, which, you know, he's got his own, his own things, and he, he probably will never work in Hollywood again. Yeah. <laughs> so, that'll be fun. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've got that. That's coming out in March. Uh, I forget the exact date off the top of my head. I want to say it's, like, the 21st. Uh, nice. On HBO Max. Uh, as far as I'm aware, outside of the U.S. where HBO Max isn't available, it will be available on premium on-demand video the same day. Um, yeah. So, I'm not sure if they're going to stick with the 30 days and then it goes to premium video and then back to HBO Max, like they are with, uh, the theater releases. Mm -hmm. Um, or if it's just gonna stay on HBO Max as a, an original. Not sure yet. But super pumped. We will definitely be doing an entire episode devoted to that. Yeah. Because <laughs> there will it. be a lot. We'll, we'll call it Comics Corner, the Snyder Cut. Yeah, that works. And we'll go very dark <laughs> and gritty in all of our backgrounds. It'll be great. Yeah, I'll be in black and white. It'll be great. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, uh, not... A whole lot in the way of Marvel news this week, uh, outside mm -hmm. of they have released a couple of new trailers and little clips for uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, which is coming out yeah. in like four weeks, three weeks, something like that. Um, yeah, it's coming up soon. Um, should be right about the same time that WandaVision wraps up. But the, the new trailer did get me even more excited. Like, they're really doing a nice job with these trailers of making it feel like it's part of the MCU. Yeah. Like, obviously, we have the same actors. But it, it gives you that same excitement, the same cinematic quality that you're used to. Mm -hmm. But you know that it's going to be like an episodic TV show. So I, they're really going to be able to dive in and tell a story in a, in a new and exciting way. Um, this, the newest trailer that I saw had a nice voiceover. And like when I first heard about it, that there was a new trailer, people were like, oh, it gave me chills. It gave me chills. Yeah. Not going to lie. That was exciting. Yeah, there's... It didn't give me chills per se, but uh, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, for me, like Falcon's not my favorite character, just generally. Mm -hmm. uh, I am going into this much more because I absolutely love Bucky. Um, and while I understand why they went with the Falcon cap, uh, there is some history in the comics there. I would have preferred them to go with the Winter Soldier cap, but mm -hmm. that's a different storyline and a character that they did not portray in the films. So... Yeah. Um, super excited. It looks very much like a buddy cop type setup, mm -hmm. um, which this will lead into uh, Black Widow. In fact, uh, 
I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name, but the character that Florence Pugh plays, um, Yelena, I think it is, in Black Widow, uh, will be appearing in Falcon Winter Soldier. Nice. And if they stick to their release schedule, they will literally have something coming out every Friday for the rest of the year. (laughs) Whether that be... We will never run out of stuff to talk about. No, whether that be uh, TV shows or uh, movies. I mean, there is something coming out every Friday. Um, Nice. So, yeah, we've got two episodes left of WandaVision. Uh, We are currently at about three, three and a half hours of content. It's reported that it's going to be six hours total. So the Mm -hmm. last two episodes, there's been some speculation on the run times, whether they'll be hour and a half each or if it'll just be a hour like flashback episode and then a two hour gigantic battle, which I would be all for. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got the making of WandaVision. And then on the 19th, we've got uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier leading into Black Widow, which I am so excited about. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. My dogs are so excited too. <laughs> I know, right? They're adorable. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> You guys- yeah, I'm. Yeah. I gotta say, I am. I am so happy with just the way that Marvel has. Like, I don't want to say pandered to their fan base, but how they've taken care of us, you know? Yeah. Well, they they've They're done not- fan service correctly. Yeah, like this is. WandaVision has been everything that I was hoping I would get out of that character. Um, it is. I think it's the way that Marvel really needed to address some of the comic book storylines that might be hard to portray otherwise. And it's, it's fun and it's silly and it's dark and it's mysterious and it's everything. So I, I just, I really love that they were able to treat that storyline and sit there and really take the time to delve into it with a TV show And it just gives me so much hope for how they're going to address some of these other characters that maybe people don't know as well, like Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're not headliners. They're not Captain America. They're not Iron Man. And yes, you could make a movie out of it, but it would probably be one of the movies that people don't go see as as quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. So by doing it in a TV show, they're actually spending more time with this character than if that character was trying to headline a movie. Well, and that's and the thing. So you can do, um, you know, a lot more with a, a place like Disney Plus. I mean, uh, I heard somewhere that Disney has something like three hundred billion dollars to spend on Disney Plus, which is just ridiculous. Um, but you can take all of these uh, side characters. You can take all these side characters and do. Um, all of these extra stuff with them that you couldn't do with uh, just movies, one off after another. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, kind of going forward. Uh, what they're going to do, I think we'll see a lot of these kind of six-hour runs of miniseries, is basically uh, to kind of flesh mm-hmm. out the universe. Yeah. I, this also brings up something that we talked about earlier. That's just the difference between the DC universe and the Marvel universe. Yeah. DC, 
they have the movies. And honestly, the movies are not all that great. A lot of people have criticisms of them. Some are better than others, but like there's weird action where you're like, that doesn't look realistic. Um, There's sometimes weird storylines, odd casting choices. A lot of fans have, have issues with the DC universe movies. Then they've got the Arrowverse, which I'm a big fan of, but not everybody is, you know, you have to spend a whole lot of time. Like, um, Supergirl is on six seasons. Batwoman is on her second season. Um, Arrow had eight seasons, I think, mm-hmm. once it finished. Flash is on seven or eight. Like you're you're committing a very large portion of time to trying to catch up with that universe. Yeah. And there's not crossover between that and the movies. Like they have a different Flash playing it. They have a different everything. Where Marvel their cinematic universe has really excelled, in my opinion. The TV shows all understand what has happened in the movies. Like, even if you're going back and talking about the Netflix series as um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders, yeah. and Punisher, they talk about the incident that happened in New York. They talk about what happened in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, they reference Iron Man. They might not come out and say things like, you know, Tony Stark is not going to walk down the street past one of these characters, but you understand that it's all interconnected. Same thing with agent Carter, um, that series mm-hmm. agents of shield. You had things cross over in ways where you knew that you were talking about the same things. You knew you were in the same universe. Yeah. DC just hasn't done that. They've kept everything segmented. And I think that's a real failing on their part. Um, they, they could have had a stronger set of movies come out if they would have overlapped the universes. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I mean, you had characters they cast in the Arrowverse that would have been perfect for the films. Like, uh, Absolutely. I, I dare you to find me a better Arrow than Stephen Amell. Oh my gosh, he was fantastic. He went on um, American Ninja Warrior once yeah. and was actually doing the obstacles. Yeah, and did like, the freaking salmon letter. I mean, like, he does that in the show. He did that in real life. He was doing parkour. Even the, um, the people that... Actually, this is one thing that DC has done better than Marvel. Um, the people that are in the TV shows, mm-hmm. like... Um, the actress that plays Sarah Lance. Yeah. I can't think of Kate, Cassidy, Katie, Katie something. Um, but she actually knows martial arts in real life. And that was one of the biggest criticisms of Marvel's Iron Fist was they cast people who didn't know martial arts. And then they taught them how to stunt fight martial arts. You know, you, you could have picked somebody who already knew that or who wanted to at least learn it in a real way. But for the most part, I have been very happy with casting choices of the things I've enjoyed. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to not cross that over, even if it's just a cameo. You know, if you wanted to have Flash in a movie, why not use Grant Gustin? He's a fantastic Flash. Yeah, There's nothing against Ezra Miller as the DC Universe Flash. But that's a completely different character, really. Yeah. 
you know, they, they approach it in different ways. Well, and, and the thing about, so like even the Ezra Miller flash, right? His flash is very much more of a Wally West flash mm-hmm. than a Barry Allen. And yeah. It, it, like that's one of the performances I don't really remember, but it just, he felt like silly to me and not very grown up or responsible. And you know, Barry Allen Flash is very much like he wants to take care of people and be responsible and he's very intelligent and sciencey and yeah, it just it didn't feel like a good representation for that character. Yeah, it, it's there was a lot of things that I think they, they miscast and miswrote when they went to do things like Justice League. And unfortunately mm-hmm. they really rushed to do yeah. it. And, you know, because they were suddenly trying to compete with Marvel instead of just going at the pace they needed to go, figuring out what storyline they wanted to tell and go from there. You know, they've been trying to do this Elseworlds thing for forever. Well, once again, Marvel is going to beat them to the punch because they can't get their act together. Yeah. Now, for all due credit, I do love... Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I do love Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Like, when DC gets it right, they get it right. Yeah. But there are so many things that are just compromises. Yeah. You know, it is it is what it is. Um, unfortunately, I wish they would take their application of of animation and take that to the live action because they're yeah. so very good at animation. They are. I remember the Batman cartoon when I was a kid. Fantastic. Really so good. good stuff. So there, there's a couple of things that they can do better. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple of things that they do. Okay. At, at the moment. Um, so we'll see as we kind of get into it yeah. a little bit further. You Let's know. hope the Snyder cut really brings them back to a place where we can get a good jumping off point. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I don't personally like James Gunn, uh, I think he'll do a good Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he kind of fits that world. I just don't, I don't want Suicide Squad 2 to be the edgy version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, and I know it's going to, I know it's coming. I know that's exactly what we're going to get, but. Yeah, it doesn't mean I want but it. honestly, if you just think back, especially to the first Suicide Squad, how many huge stars were wasted in oh, that movie? I know. Like there was just so like, many, so many, so many things. Oh like, my gosh, Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, Will Smith, yep. still a train wreck. Just an absolute train wreck of a movie. Well, and, and watch, you know, uh, Jared Leto mm-hmm. is in the Snyder Cut and. He's going to be a fantastic Joker because he's a fantastic yeah. character actor. You just have to give him lines to say. Yeah. You know, it's like Johnny Depp in, in Pirates and they wanted him to improvise in the last one. And it just, it did not work at yeah. all. No. You're like, oh, can you not? That's so cringy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think he'll do a good job. and uh, We'll see. I mean, honestly... My biggest issue with that film was that Warner Brothers did not sit to their guns. They did not stick with the dark and gritty DC that we Mm -hmm. all know and love. And they hired a trailer company to cut the film. Yeah. Just, 
it makes me cringe so mm-hmm. much. Like I could do a better job of editing that film. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. It, it did not live up to the promise. Uh, well, and you know what the funny thing is? Like I, I watched all the reviews and I went and saw it in theaters and I was like, oh, it can't be nearly as bad as everyone's saying. Oh my God, it was worse. The only thing good about that movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. And I, there are moments, just moments in that movie where you're like, if the entire movie could just be like that moment, this part, this tiny little square that worked. Yep. Exactly. That yeah. it, there's been so many moments like that. Uh, I had that moment with Dark Phoenix, and again, I went and saw it in theaters because, like, it can't be nearly as bad as everyone was saying. Oh my god, was it worse? Like, and I yeah. watched X Men: The Last Stand, and I went, "Why would you give? Oh yeah, the guy no, who ruined I would that- watch X Men: Last Stand like over and over again. <sighs> Do not make me watch Dark Phoenix again. That's oh. another movie." I know I've seen it. Yeah. I can remember maybe one scene from it where like there's somebody on a balcony. Yeah. And I'm otherwise I just block it from my mind. I'm like that that didn't happen. That's that's, that's a good idea. I no, mean honestly, the Phoenix storyline is so good. That did, that movie didn't happen. Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked Sophie Taylor in the role. I think she was severely shortchanged by bad writing in multiple mm, films. Yeah. Um and then you add in Jessica Chastain who is like the cringiest of person to watch. Like literally she only works in most everything. Yeah. Literally there's one film where her kind of in your face, you know, I Mm -hmm. am head bitch in charge works. And that's in zero dark 30, which I've never seen, but I could see that. Yeah. I can, I I know enough about that movie where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's the only film of hers I've seen where I'm like, okay, you make sense as a character. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so bad. So that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> as we're getting distracted critiquing bad films that people have made. Yeah. There's been so many. Um, there's so many. There's so, so many. Oh, my gosh. All right. So... Do you want to talk about WandaVision next, or do you want me to rant about Batwoman while we're on the ranting train? Oh, please do rant about Batwoman, because I haven't okay, seen Batwoman. it. Okay, Batwoman. Okay, so we're we're back in the CW universe here. And Batwoman season one started with Bat, uh, Kate Kane um, is Batwoman. She shows up back in Gotham, and Batman is missing. He's been missing for years. And she just puts on the suit and becomes Batwoman to save the day. And they kind of just don't care about Batman being gone. Okay, I can get behind that. She has a couple of bad guys to fight, but it's almost entirely Alice and the Wonderland gang. Gotcha. Okay, you're going to have one big bad for the season. I prefer my Batman to have a rogues gallery, but I can... Okay, fine, I can get behind that. In between season one and season two, Ruby Rose, who was playing Kate Kane, decided she did not want to return to the role. So they pivot and they decide to hire a new Batwoman. Still, okay, I'm on board. I'm fine. I can have different people playing a character because comics do that all the time. Um, Somebody dies. They bring in somebody else who goes by that alias. What I can't get behind is the fact that 
We are four episodes into the second season, and every single one so far has been, where's Kate Kane? What happened to Kate Kane? We have to rescue Kate Kane. The people watching this know that the actress chose not to return to her role. Yeah. You could have killed her off in the first five minutes and been done with it. Yeah. You don't need to create this huge epic tale of she's maybe dead, maybe missing, maybe taken hostage, maybe anything. When we know that the actress didn't want to return to the role. So So the fact that they have spent so much time dwelling on it when they very blatantly did the same thing for Batman in episode one of the first season, Mm -hmm. they said, he's missing. Oh, isn't that weird? Okay, let's go on with our lives. Yeah, exactly. They have just been dwelling on it. Finally, this most recent episode. So if, if you have not watched Batwoman, I recommend skipping the first season altogether because it's completely pointless now. I recommend skipping to the third episode and just grit your teeth through the beginning of it. Because the third episode, we finally have Ryan, who is our new Batwoman. She really makes the, the suit her own. She puts on her own wig it's called uh, Batgirl Magic is the episode title. Um, obviously, a play on Black Girl Magic, which, or Black Woman Magic, actually, it would be. Um, but she's finally kicking butt on her own terms. And then finally, in episode four, we're still talking about the fact that Kate Kane is missing. Jeez. But the majority of the episode has been a new bad guy. And a little bit of Ryan's backstory. And, like, we get her as a kid. And it finally feels like the first new episode. Jeez. So, if you have not watched Batwoman, seriously, either Season 2, Episode 3, or Season 2, Episode 4, just start there. Nothing that happened makes any difference whatsoever. They will tell you all about it in the episode, if you you so choose. (laughs) But... I I feel like we're finally getting to a new place. The second thing that they have done in Batwoman, um, Kate Kane is an out lesbian. They made Batwoman an out lesbian. I'm fine with this. What I don't like is that all of Kate's exes have also dated each other. Uh. I don't know what realistic world this is, but if you have a pool of, say, 50 lesbians in your town they have not all dated each other yeah seriously it's just that's not how life works it's the same thing with hetero relationships nobody just dates each other this is not like the overlap is unreasonable the fact that um kate's two biggest exes are either recurring characters or main characters in the storyline um their names are julia and sophie and then julia and sophie date each other this is not realistic. Yeah. Like, that might happen in someone's real life, but it's it's not very realistic. So our new Batwoman, uh, Ryan, is also a lesbian. Still totally great. I'm fine. I'm fine with this. I'm on board. It's fantastic. I am all about representation and diversity. It's lovely. She is not dating Julia or Sophie. I love this. Fantastic. She has her own ex. Thank God you created another lesbian in the world for me. Thank you. Because so help me. If she turned around and started dating one of them, I would be like, come on. There are not this few options in the world. They do not need to keep dating each other. Yeah, seriously. 
And that is my Batwoman rant. I feel so much better. I feel better. I'm glad like, you I'm, feel better. I just, yikes. it was driving me insane. Yeah, I can imagine. When the two of them started too. dating, I was like, no, you are both ex-girlfriends of the same woman. Stop dating each other. This is weird. I mean, honestly, it doesn't make any sense. Like, just from a reality perspective. Like, I get that you have a world to populate, but yeah. you don't have to show them on screen. <laughs> you yeah, have to just have they can them have off. off-screen girlfriends. It's fine. Who the heck cares? Who needs... Uh, if, you're, if you have a woman as the center of your story, why do they need to be with somebody? Yeah. Why do they need a girlfriend at all? Like, why can't they just be? Why can't it just be actiony? Yeah. Why do you have to drag it into romance? Um, that's one of the things that I do like about Supergirl. Uh-huh. They have. She has occasionally had a romance. Like she had an unrequited love for Jimmy Olsen mm-hmm. in like the first season, and Wynn had an unrequited love for her in the first season, and then she dated um, Monel for like a season. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she's been single and fine and living her life. Thank you. You know, people can have adventure and work and yeah a full life of friends and they don't always have to be with someone we yeah. don't have to make romance the story just because there's a girl yeah exactly and it feels like a lot of times when you have like okay bringing it back full circle wonder woman why did she have to sleep with that steve guy why did they have to have a, a storyline and then bring him back for the second movie even though he died like oh, oh yeah wonder so woman just cringy out things about wonder woman 1984 oh my gosh like i hated that they dated in the first movie and i extra hated that they dated with a weird ex like he was just a face on some other random guy yeah like, that she then immediately slept with and i'm like uh yeah. why do we need this story m- most people would consider that rape yeah, that was that was creepy. That, that was, was creepy and wrong. That was, mm, mm. yeah. Mm. But it feels like they say, okay, well, we have a girl superhero, so obviously only girls are going to watch this, and girls like love stories, mm-hmm. so we have to have a love story. Well, that's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. A anybody should watch a story with a girl superhero because get over yourselves, boys. And B. Not every girl likes a love story. And see, I like love stories. I'm a girl. I'm heterosexual. I'm married. I'm white. I'm lots of check boxes of, you know, like the normal perspective. And damn it, I did not need those stories. I did not need any of those love stories. I was fine with the action and the comics and the excitement because you can tell a story without it revolving around a boy and a girl. I mean, or in the case of Batwoman, two girls. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, my favorite parts of when they've slightly injected romance into the MCU have been cases like, well, I hated what they did with Black Widow. Because, God mm-hmm. almighty, you do not need to pair her with every guy in the freaking MCU. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Anyways. Seriously. Um, but I loved what they did with Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. They were friends, they became friends, and then you slowly saw their relationship develop from Civil War into 
Infinity War, into Endgame, and now into WandaVision. Yeah. And it's been this nice little natural progression of an actual relationship. Yeah. That, that is the perfect way to merge love and comic books. Yeah. That is something that made sense. It was not in the least bit cringy, and it felt natural. Yeah. It felt like those characters really would end up together. And most importantly, it had a basis in the comics. Yep. I mean, if you're talking Black Widow and Bruce Banner, that never happened in the comics. No, he's always been in love together because you had a girl standing there by herself, and God forbid we do that. I mean, honestly, like if you were going to put her with anyone, well, there was two options. They could have done Hawkeye, which Mm -hmm. they didn't because they did his family, which I'm totally cool with. I love love his family in the in the MCU. It was very cute. And the other basis in the comics is her and Cap. Which, honestly, mm-hmm. as a relationship, makes more sense. Yeah. They're very yeah. similar. They have very similar backgrounds. They have kind of the same core functions and values. They work. Yeah. And in the comics, they had a kid uh, who was on the Young Avengers with Squirrel Girl and all the other ones that they're setting up. Miss Marvel, all those fun things. Yeah. Uh, that, and even in the movies, there was chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. They were very pally for um, Captain America Civil War, you could have developed a relationship there and it would have felt more natural. Yep. 100%. There, every time you force romance because there's a girl who happens to be single, it's never going to be as romantic or as fulfilling as you're hoping it's going to be. And so it just, it feels manufactured. Yeah. Yeah, I have issues with that. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good romance, but that's why I go watch Hallmark movies. That's not why I watch the MCU. Exactly. Exactly. Hallmark movies, fantastic for romance. You know within five minutes who the main guy is, who the main girl is, how they're going to fall in love, and you know ten minutes from the end there's going to be some miscommunication where you think nothing can ever work out, and then it will. Yeah, exactly. And this most recent Christmas is the first time we've gotten LGBT romances. I watched three of them. I was so happy. Nice. I mean, yeah. hey, t- teach their own. Uh, not my thing, but glad that things are... Uh, For the people that want that? Yeah, glad it's, it's out, out there. there now. Totally great. All right, WandaVision. WandaVision. So much happened. WandaVision. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> Episode 6 is entitled All New Halloween Spooktacular. Yes. Now, I'm not sure what opening this is, uh, but it felt very Malcolm in the Middle to me. I think so. I think that's going to be the main influence with this episode. Yeah, and and I went back... Maybe even... It it gave me a little bit of, like, Clarissa Explains It All kind of vibes, too. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So I went back and watched last uh, episode five. And so the opening is Family Ties, and then the rest of the episode is Roseanne. And they've kind of started to do this, where they're starting Mm -hmm. to splice in a bunch of them together. Uh, And this will become very apparent in the next episode. Uh, Oh, yeah. So this one is very Malcolm in the Middle. Um, and we get, 
the twins have their first Halloween, uh, which is a lot of fun, and we get to see uh, Pietro, well, Pietro, uh, (laughs) (laughs) taking the the twins out, uh, and we first get to see their powers, which is a lot of fun, Uh, Mm -hmm. and we also get to see Vision really deciding, okay, I'm not going to play along anymore. And he goes off to investigate. So this is where we get the very comic book accurate costumes for everyone, which I love. Claims to be a Sokovian fortune fortune teller. teller. Yeah, that was dope. Um, Which is interesting. And then they claim that Vision is a luchador. Yeah, and he's undercover. Yeah. And it's it's really adorable because you can see the little Bidestone like fake cardboard thing and it's up the entire episode. It's not really sticking. Yeah. Just so good. <laughs> um and then of course you've got uh Tommy in his traditional costume, and then Billy is dressed up like Quicksilver with Pietro. Um, do I have the right, do I have the right twins? No, Tommy Tommy is speed, so okay. he dresses like Quicksilver. All the way around. Billy is Wiccan, so he he's dressed very similar to his young Avengers costume. Okay. Uh, I knew I was gonna mix them up. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So we get a lot of fun, um interesting moments with that. Uh and really we start to see the twins use their powers, which is a lot of fun. Uh and we also get to see my new favorite trio of uh, Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy uh, really kind Very of fun. bucking Hayward and being like, you know what? No. And they decide to go kind of off on their own. Uh, yeah. They hack into the, the base of security and they kind of find out that Hayward has been tracking vision. Uh, and so he, he now knows how many people are actually stuck in Westview and we get to see, um, Monica make contact with her, uh, words, (laughs) her contact there. That's the right word. Um, to get her stuff to go back into the hex, uh, which we will see next episode. So, a lot of interesting, like, weird little quirky things happen. Uh, we get to see uh, Vision. He goes off and explores, and as he's going through the town, away from the center of town, towards the edge of the hex, we start to see people in loops, mm-hmm. or not moving at all, depending on yeah. where they are in relation. Uh, yeah, the further away from the epicenter, they start freezing. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is to kind of conserve the energy of whoever is controlling all of this. Um, and this is also the episode, we suddenly see kids. There's been mm-hmm. no kids in this entire freaking town. Not a single kid. And so much that one, uh, Vision actually pointed that out in episode five. Mm-hmm. He's like, there are no children. I walk past the park and there's no kids. Yeah. Suddenly there are kids everywhere. Yeah. There's so many kids. And it's like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. Pietro <laughs> mentions that at the end of this episode as well. Yeah. Where, where are um, you hiding all the kids? Yeah. And he he's bringing it up as a very, um, like, he understands the process behind it. And he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, the ethical implications. Yeah. Like, like he understands that this is a TV show and that it's all under Wanda's power and 
and or at least he's trying is, to convince her that it's under yeah, her power. He seems to know more than she does about what's happening. Yeah, like she's still confused, and she's like, "Are isn't this wrong? Like, yeah. don't you think what I'm doing here is wrong?" And he's like, "No, no, no, this is fine. I'm good with it." Yeah, uh, and so we 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 get to see the twins kind of running around and, and having a good time, and uh, Vision decides to go to the edge of the hex, and. Mm-hmm. There he discovers Agatha uh, kind of frozen in, in a car, which dressed as a witch, dressed as a witch. And, you know, she he does the whole brings her out of it thing. And I was not convinced like she tried to play it and it, it was good, but I'm not convinced <laughs> that she's, yeah. you know, actually not in control she didn't of her own act actions. the same as other people. Yeah, she didn't freak she, out. She was at the very edge of of it, but she was responding to him. Yeah. At where everybody else was frozen and not answering. Yeah. And even when he brought her out of it, he he touched her head and like woke her up. When he did that to Norm, he was freaking out and talking yeah. about his real name and he's got to contact his sister and there's so much pain. Agatha seemed to be continuing the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And she knew that Vision was dead. And it it definitely was not the same as when he tried to talk to other people. No, and you can really see that the walls are really starting to break down. Um, yeah. Which is interesting for a number of reasons. Um, and so we get Vision... She goes back to the center of town, and he goes and tries to rip open the hex, which is that iconic scene that we've seen in the trailers. Mm-hmm. And as he's pushing through, he's getting ripped apart. Yeah. Which is very, very dramatic and very heartbreaking to see. Um, and Darcy's, like, freaking out. She's like, why aren't you helping him? Why aren't you doing mm-hmm. anything? And everyone's just kind of standing there, and... Billy is like, dad's in trouble. Oh my God, my head hurts. And we kind of see him start to come into his psychic powers. Yep. Which is a lot of fun. He goes running to mom. Wanda stops everybody and expands the hex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as she expands the hex, the entirety of the sword camp, with the exception of Monica, Jimmy, and Hayward and his crew... Yeah, they got in cars and were driving away. Yeah, are in, uh, have been expanded into the hex and they turn into a circus, which I love. It was so good. So cute. Because, I mean, if you think about it, everything is changing from what it is into its TV equivalent. Yeah. If you've got lots of people standing around outside a camp and they've got tents up and trucks and things, of course, why not a circus? Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, super pumped about that. Um, And we also get to see another of uh, Pietro uh, being dead, which Mm -hmm. is always fun. Um, Which, really, like, that, that is one of the things that was the most telling for me, where... I I could get behind, okay, she missed her brother, but didn't want to see her brother. Mm -hmm. It got recast, but she never saw Pietro's body. Yeah. 
She never saw him get hit by bullets. She was off in like a different part of the town and just felt it. So that was one of the, the first things where I was like, you know, that really might not be Pietro. Like that's, yeah. this seems weird. Yeah. And she also, she also blasts him into like a bunch of hay and stuff because I think yeah. he pushes and a little too far. Past like pretend gravestones. Yeah. I thought that was fun. There is like interest. There's been a bunch of theories uh, that he has been Mephisto or that he's Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to lean that he's Nightmare, or uh, especially in relation to the next episode, um, the uh, b- 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 uh, the prevalent theory right now is that he's Nicholas Scratch, um, mm. which uh, I could see either of those happening. Um, I'm leaning more towards Nightmare. Uh, but, uh, as we see, as we get into the next episode, um, so episode seven, uh, is entitled breaking the fourth wall and we get three different, um, sitcoms in this one. So the opening kind of 10, 15 minutes is modern family. Mm -hmm. Uh, so everything with, uh, Wanda is modern family the opening credits is Happy Endings, which is a weird, obscure sitcom. I only know this because I was watching a live reaction and someone mentioned that that's what the title sequence was. And I was like, oh, thank okay. God. I only got The Office. Yeah. And then... I got The Office from the credits. Yeah. See, a lot of people thought it was The Office, but as come to find out, it's this weird, obscure sitcom that was on ABC. Hmm. Which is very weird. And also, in that sitcom, or in that opening, I don't know if you caught this, on the license plate is Stanley's birthday. I didn't. Nice. Let's get a little Easter egg. All right. Uh, little, little tiny ones that just make us happy. Um, and then, so everything with vision is the office. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. Which I like. Uh, and we really see kind of uh, Wanda be a really bad parent <laughs> yeah in Although, this one mentioning the different the different show types mm-hmm. mixing modern family and the office they both have that kind of interview mm-hmm. style of filming that makes a lot of sense yeah so yeah combining those two i think was an easy choice and they both have slightly different um viewpoints for it so i I, I enjoyed the way that this last episode was filmed. Um, I, I think that it's my favorite so far. Uh, yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I really actually like, like there's little, little things like the milk bottle going from almond mm-hmm. milk and then to a milk carton and then to a, an old school glass bottle that's exactly. in black and white. And you kind of, you're, s- you're seeing Wanda losing control oh, because yeah. things are changing and skipping between the decades. Yeah. And it, she keeps changing, um, like the TV does the same. Yeah. It changes from a flat screen to like an old school box. And she's trying to like keep control, keep everything steady on one genre, for be- lack of a better word. But she doesn't have the, the finesse that she needs. Yeah. You can feel like it's really coming to a head. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, of interesting, like, weird little quirks in this episode. Uh, I love that Darcy gets turned into a, an escape artist. Yeah. And uh, 
he I was thinking she was going to be like a fortune teller, but oh, that would yeah, been great. escape artist, kind of a strong man. She wanted to be the bearded woman. Yeah. I love that for her. It was so good. Uh, so they uh, brought in, so Vision brings her out pretty quickly and they uh, steal a funnel cake truck, which I love. And it makes me want to yeah. go make funnel cakes so badly. Uh, and we, so we see shields, or not shields, swords, temporary headquarters, uh, Mm -hmm. and very much foreshadowing to the next episode, or, which will probably be the final big battle. Um, and mostly because he wants Vision back, (laughs) you know, that was one of the things that was revealed, is that he was, that's why he had Vision's body, to get him back online because he wants yeah. his sentient weapon back. Mm-hmm. So Hayward's the bad guy. Uh, well, I mean, he's a jerk, but he's not the main big bad. Yeah. So spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Slight spoilers. Uh, we get, uh, Hey, stop. So we get, the uh, dogs are spoiling. Yeah, it's okay. It's adorable. Um, you know, I will admit, like, when they pan to Darcy, like, I get the why they had her in the, the uh, clown or the circus costume. Mm-hmm. I, it would have been a really great, since they were doing all these fourth wall breaks, it would have been really hilarious if they had her in the costume from her sitcom. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, Two Broke Girls? Yeah, that one. That would have been so funny. Yeah, and it would have been just such a great little Easter egg. Um, uh, yeah, but Bye-bye. it is interesting as as we kind of go through this episode, where it feels like Wanda is just like, you know what? I've given up. Like, if he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be here. Yeah, I'm not going to force your father. Yeah, it it's done very seamlessly, where. Everything that has happened in their relationship mm-hmm. has really fit the theme of the show that they're portraying. Yeah. And so at this point, her she's a little bit fatalistic. Um, she feels like she's losing control. She feels like she's going crazy. And then we get the, um, the in-episode commercial for Nexus antidepressants. Yeah. Which is, Which is a, just foreshadowing. It's a very 2010s, mm-hmm. you know, commercial. Uh, yeah. And, and she's basically having an existential crisis in this episode. Um, yeah. And she's like, Where she's like, matters. I don't have control over this. And I give up. I don't need to worry about it. Everything can just fall down around me. And, she, and she's fine. Yeah. My, my favorite line from this episode is like, They'll be fine. Vision's made of vibranium. They literally inherited tough skin. Yeah, that was a great line. I like that. It was so good. You know, and I mean, she's losing to point where like even Agnes is like, uh, okay, what's what's going yeah. on here? Uh, so Agnes takes the kids kids for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Takes them next door. Yeah. And we get uh, uh, Monica and Jimmy meeting up with her contact, who everyone thought was going to be like the Pims or Reed Richards mm-hmm. or Victor Don- Von Doom, and nope, 
It was yeah, just a just military contact. nameless soldier person who happens to be loyal to her. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. But maybe that person will come back around in the Ms. Marvel show or the Captain Marvel movie and and become important and we'll be like, oh, that's who. But yeah. for right now, completely throwaway character. Yeah. I mean, it was like I was watching some live reactions. It was just like the, the letdown and the disappointment was massive. And I was like, yeah. I, I was yelling at my TV. I was like, no. It would have been so This could so have been perfect. a slide place to toss in Fantastic Four, especially. But yeah, it's fine. But it makes me think that they're not nearly ready. And that honestly, I would rather wait for those characters, mm-hmm. the ones, especially ones that I know better, like Fantastic Four and the Mutants. Yeah, like X Men is my jam. Yeah, but I am fine with waiting to bring them into the MCU if they're done right. Yeah, hundred percent. Totally, totally on board with that. Yeah. So then we get. Uh, uh, so they meet up with them. They get a uh, space rover, basically. And mm-hmm. she's going to drive that into the hex. And oh boy, does it not give. Uh, she it drives does not it work. up and basically flips over. She escapes. And the front half of it turns into this like very early 2000s panel van. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um but in that moment, Monica decides, you know what? I can get through and runs through. And we get this great moment where we have a bunch of these dialogue lines from Captain Marvel, which I'll admit, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of Captain Marvel. I thought it was a eh, movie, but I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it to make sure that like all these lines in context make more sense. But we literally see her, like, and the last line that we get is uh, Captain Marvel say, you know, when they were handing out kids, they gave your mom the toughest one. And she literally snaps together all of, like, the older older and younger versions of herself in one. And that's when we see her get her powers. Yeah. And so in the comics, she's called Photon and a number of different things. But basically, she can see all... Forms of, of spectrum, light, sound, mm-hmm. radio waves, all that fun stuff. Uh, kind of energy manipulation sort of yeah. powers. Yeah, kind of similar to Wanda it, to a degree. Um, and so we see, uh, so she goes in after Wanda, uh, and we switch to Darcy and Vision. Basically, uh, he's she's filling him in on everything that happened and honestly this is maybe my favorite part oh <laughs> I just love the ridiculousness oh i love it it's so they're good. trying to drive and they get nothing but stops yeah red lights like, one and then after another after another construction and then kids yeah. crossing the road and, and she goes what next puppies yeah pretty much uh you know and he's convinced that it's wanda and we mm-hmm. find out later that it's not. Uh, but s- spoilers. Um, so I, I love that the the way that she describes kind of Infinity War, basically, where she's just uh-huh. like, "Yeah, you know, you asked her to destroy the Mind Stone, so Thanos wanted to get a hold of it, and she does. And then the bad guy snaps and rewinds time and rips it out himself, and she basically had to watch all of this. And he's like." Oh, basically, context. Um, So then, finally, Vision gets fed up, and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to fly. 
Um, and we see this really great showdown between Monica and Wanda. And she's like, you know, I never lied to you. You know, mm-hmm. all of these things, they weren't me. You know, the drone wasn't me. All of that kind of stuff. And... Uh, she has a she she gets thrown and she has a big superhero landing which I love, mm-hmm. uh, and even the kind of spacesuit that she's wearing is reminiscent of I think her superhero costume. Yeah. Um. So she looks very tough and yeah. It that's that's a fun little. It's a small action sequence, but it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Agnes comes to the rescue. As usual, uh, mm-hmm. when things are, are not quite going the way that uh, they should be <laughs> yeah. in the storyline. Gently nudges her away. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. We don't we don't need this. We don't need that lady over there speaking the truth. Yeah, exactly. Come with me. Yeah. So uh, she goes into the house and she sees, like, the half-eaten meal. She sees the cartoons on. She's like, where's the boys? She's like, oh, they're mm-hmm. in the basement. And we go down to this basement. It is very Stranger Things. Yeah. Like, that was... Okay, before she walks down to the basement, they they pan and they you notice a fly on the curtain. Yes. And then it pans to the bunny. Yes. But I don't think that was Senior Scratchy. So, okay, Senior so, Scratchy in my head is a, an all-white bunny. And that was definitely, like, brownish. So, here's the thing. So, uh, and this is been the big thing so that fly is very significant because in the comics Mephisto often appeared first as a fly oh see I've I haven't done any like background easter eggy research on this most recent episode because mm-hmm. you know Texas yeah I've had yeah. problems yeah it's, but, it's, it's, it's been it's been interesting <laughs> yeah but um Ugh, problems. Anyway, um, so I've I've just watched the episode, and then I just know what I have going on um, from my own knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, geez, if if Agatha really were to turn out to be a witch, and then um, maybe she turned the boys into like Tommy is a fly because he can fly around and he's real speedy, and then she turned Billy into a rabbit because he. He has magic and, you know, rabbits pulled out of a hat. Maybe that's not Senior Scratchy. Maybe that's Billy and Tommy. And then I'm like, wow, maybe Senior Scratchy was Ralph all this time. Like, those are the thoughts going through my head. I mean, hey, they're valid thoughts. Uh, hey, you never know. You never I know, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, so she goes into this basement and we see a bunch of these different relics. Uh, she has this book that has this very kind of mystical red energy, kind of similar to what the outside of the hex is. Very creepy bookcase. Very creepy like, bookcase. It's got that red backlighting. Oh, that was fantastically done. Yes. So like a whole cavern underneath the house. Yeah. It, it is. It gives me very much like Stranger Things vibes. Like I can't yeah. stress that. Like it looks just like straight out of Stranger Things too, uh, which I'm not opposed to. Love that. It was also giving me really. Um, I don't know if if you have seen some of the other MCU shows, but there's one called The Runaways. Mm-mm. where a group of teenagers all find out that their parents are serial killers, which is like horrible human beings that are 
conducting ritual sacrifices, they have an underground lair and uh. there's magic books and they they run away to this abandoned mansion. And it was giving me all of those aesthetics too. Yeah. Um, so I, I was enjoying little tidbits that recalled other things to my mind. So we get to Wanda gets in, she's fully thing. And then the door magically closes and Agnes comes out wearing her brooch, which she hadn't been all mm-hmm. episode, uh, with her hair down, stroking the bunny. And she says, oh, Wanda, you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town. And she introduces herself as Agatha Harkness. Yes. So that fan theory was correct. And then we yeah. get this lovely little seat. Well, oh, well, seriously. Right, Before I get to that. Uh, first, she mind controls Wanda. You see, mm-hmm. so you see Wanda's eyes go purple. And then we get to this lovely, it was Agatha all along credit sequence. And yeah. we see her landing. Just like the monsters, is it? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, she, she lands and then she transforms into her character, uh, from the first episode. And she's the one that turns everything black and white originally. And Mm -hmm. you kind of see her pulling the strings. You know, she, uh, was the one screwing with the magic show. She's the one that, that had her, you know, cut through the wall. She was the one controlling Evan Peters, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. You see her kind of faking it with vision. And, of course, she was the producer on the interview thing where the producer asked, uh, do you think this is what you deserve? And then at the very end, which made me so bad, she's like, I killed Sparky, too, and then starts laughing. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> like, what the heck, lady? Yeah, so that's that's what makes me wonder um, if Evan Peters, his character of Pietro, mm-hmm. Is is he a, another person altogether? Yeah. Is he yeah. really going to be the way that we bring mutants into the universe? Is he Mephisto? Is he Nightmare? We don't know. Or was he just conjured by Agatha to screw with her uh, as the thing that would screw with her the most? Uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it definitely... Uh, if they don't explain him in a certain way... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it very well could be... Even if they don't address it, mm-hmm. like, if they just leave it as, okay, Agatha did something weird, that still opens the door for for anything that we want to do in the future. Yeah. You can always come back and, and explain it in, at that point. Yeah. Like, if we bring mutants into the universe, you could be like, oh, look, there's that, that mutant. That was the first mutant. Okay, now we have the mutants. Yeah. And, and because we are finally in the 2010s, we get an end credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see uh, Monica wandering around Agatha's house. Uh, how she knew it was her house, I have no idea. But I'm assuming because they were next door neighbors, that's why. Uh, yeah. She goes around the front, can't get in. She goes to the back door, can't get in. And she opens the basement door. And as she opens the basement door, we see the purple energy. And she is now mind controlled along with Wanda. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get Emma Peters saying Snooper's gonna snoop, which I love so good, uh, and it means he's not dead. So, yeah. lots of fun with that. Uh, this was lots going on. Yeah, this was a lot, a lot, a lot. There was so much going on in this episode. 
Yeah. So we're finally, we're getting answers yep. to things that people have speculated. Um, we're really drawing to the end of this kind of arc. And yep. this is one of the things, um, I've heard people talk about it ever since the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us who were watching it, we're hearing people that are like, oh, these first two episodes, I don't, I don't like it. I'm not going to watch this show. And we were like, no, 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 stick with it. Stick yeah. with it. It's, it's fine. It's going to, it's going to make sense in a minute. This is really what we were talking about. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's going to come full circle and you're going to look back and you can, you can watch these seven episodes over again and catch so many things that you missed the first time through. Oh yeah. Because now we're going to watch it and we're going to be like, Agatha. Yep. We're going to, we're going to see her meddling that you didn't notice the first time. And all of those little smi- um, smiles that she had when you were like, I feel like she knows what's happening. Yeah. Now you're like, yes, now I'm I'm certain that she knows. She's the one who's controlling things. I think when I first started um, trying to speculate myself, I thought that Wanda's grief caused her to create this reality. Yeah. And that she happened to pick an area that had a witch, that this would be Agatha. And that she was drawing on Agatha's power, probably not realizing it. But now I think it's completely the opposite. I think Agatha is using Wanda as a battery. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of becoming obvious. Well, I thought Agatha was the one powering uh, the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Not entirely sure that's the case. I think Wanda in her grief is just overcharged and whoo. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, because you have her in extreme grief, because you have her mm-hmm. coming back from Endgame. And this doesn't take place too long after Endgame. Um, you have her defeating Thanos and all that emotion. And then to find out that Vision has been stolen and is being experimented on. Exactly. Oh, that would make me go crazy. And I don't have superpowers. Yeah. Because she she disappeared in the blip, too. Yeah. So it's not like she had five years worth of grief counseling to get over what she was forced to do yeah. and then forced to watch with regards to vision. Yeah. Uh, she didn't have time to process that before she was just gone. Yeah. And then she comes back, and she doesn't have any time to process it then, either. She's thrown into a massive battle. Yep. Where she's literally helping destroy the person who just killed her husband or her love or whatever we call him at that point. Yeah. And then before she has time to process anything that's happened in the last five years, she finds out that for the last five years, her husband has been experimented on and that they're trying to make a weapon out of him, which is literally the only thing that he asked to not have happen. Yeah. Is he wanted to protect people, not be a weapon. Yep. So... It, it's understandable that she has that grief. And then you throw into it chaos magic and her reality bending powers. It's easy to understand why something like this would occur. Well, she tried to make a perfect world for herself. Exactly. So we have we have the science and we have the magic, right? Uh, and in Wanda and Vision. And now we have a science villain in Hayward and a magic villain in Agatha. And mm-hmm. um, like we said earlier, there is 
still about three, three and a half hours left of runtime on this show. So there's a couple of theories. One is that they're going to be two hour and a half episodes. I'm more inclined to believe that next episode will be an hour and it will be everything that happened from Endgame till the start of episode one. Yeah. And then and maybe in a slightly different perspective yeah. than, than the clips that we've seen. But I, yeah. I feel like some kind of recap yeah. has to happen. Well, it, somebody's got to be the one to tell Wanda, uh, by the way, Sword has vision. Uh, yeah. And I think that may be where we get a big... Ca- There's been rumors that we're going to have a couple of big cameos. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the people off the top of my head that would know that and what could deliver that kind of news uh, would be Pepper, Hill, um, maybe Cap. Uh, you know... There's there's a couple of couple of interesting thoughts that could be um as far as like who who what how. Uh so yeah. that'll be fun. Honestly, I'm I'm not uh ruling out well, I'm not ruling out anybody because yeah. I I love a good Easter egg. It really it could be the person that you least expect and I'd be fine with it. Well, we but, all know it's not gonna be Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Tony. But um, for my money, I would love to see Phil Coulson. Oh, yeah. That or I would love to see Captain Marvel. She's got ties to Monica. I could see We that don't know happening. what she's been doing after Endgame. I think if she were to drop back in, there, there's obviously some tension between her and Monica that we don't know. Yeah. Um, they've had a falling out. I would love to see... Something, something with that be referenced to tie this epi- this series into the Captain Marvel movie that's going to come out. That would be interesting. The Ms. Marvel show and then the Captain Marvel 2 movie. Yeah. I think that would be... I, I just... I love being able to pick up all of these tiny loose threads where we've left a character over here. And these TV shows are just like gathering all of that up and saying, oh, you know these five people that had three lines four movies ago they're going to become important and you're going to love them yeah exactly uh, that's what this this tv show has done beyond anything else it gave us um woo and darcy and monica who were all sideline characters yep you know monica was a little kid that had like maybe 10 lines in in a movie yep and suddenly she is a star she's a superpower in her own right and she is somebody that we root for, that mm-hmm. we like. I love it. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because you get um, so many of these little little characters and mm-hmm. you come to love them. Like, I love the fact that Darcy actually finished her PhD in astrophysics. Yeah. Like, that just makes me so happy. Uh, although I, I was sad. I was listening to an interview with Kat Dennings. And uh, somebody had asked her whether or not she was going to be in Thor 4. And she was like, well, I've been asked, but considering they're filming now, probably not. Yeah. And it just made me sad. I was like, no, I want more. I need more yeah. of you. The, Marvel has done an amazing job of building a real universe that is full of characters. And even people that that you don't expect to be important they can use those characters in different ways and in different combinations to tell new stories. Yeah, 100%. This is proving that so well. 
I agree. Uh, well, uh, I think that's going to be it for us mm-hmm. today. Uh, tune in next week uh, as we break down uh, yep. Superman and Lois, the next be- episode of WandaVision. I'm sure there will be so much more. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be... Maybe some news. Some news. We'll see what's out there. Yeah, we're going to be premiering a new segment next week called This Week in Comics History. Uh, we're yeah. super excited about that. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Join us on Discord. Our link will be in the description down below. Um, please hit that lo- subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications if you are on YouTube. Uh, hit the follow button and turn on notifications if you are listening to this via podcast. We are on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, so yeah, we will see you guys next time. Stay Hey.